back to the University of Life and another episode of our series, Awesome Sauce, The Traits That Make Life Great. I'll introduce today's topic with a story that I wrote for the upcoming, well, actually the existing online course in the upcoming book, The Happiness Equation. And this story will introduce a rather exemplary human being. And as you learn, you know, as I cover this topic, you may think that it's kind of obvious. In fact, I would place it in my list of top 10 awesomest sauce traits that you can have to make your life great. But it's also, as you will learn after I tell you the story, surprisingly controversial. So I'll point out some of that controversy and cite some of the research that proves both sides of the argument. And then you can decide where you land, you know, what your opinion is on this and which way you would rather live your life. So here it is. All summer long, Kirsten and other college neighbors would come with me to the dam. We'd bring our homework, lay blankets on the sand, and read until somebody got tired of studying and shouted, last one ends a rotten egg. Then we all flipped our textbooks upside down to save our place, jumped to our feet, ran down the beach, and dove into the lake. It was our only rule, and we had no choice but to obey. One detail I recall when I think of Kirsten was a sticker on her notebook that said, think happy thoughts, along with a teary, yellow, smiley face. It seemed like a motto she took to heart, and I loved her for the way her happy smile and upbeat attitude always brightened my day. As autumn arrived and temperatures cooled, our dam study sessions became less frequent, and only Kirsten and I went for the last one. We pulled the blanket over our shoulders. I held my book loosely in my hands, but stared out at the water while bittersweet nostalgia coursed through my veins. I missed the idyllic summer days, which seemed endless and immortal while the sun burned hot high in the sky, yet so short and fragile now that its warmth had faded. I missed all the good memories, and I wished I could bring them back to stay somehow. An idea crept into my mind, and with it, the corners of my mouth turned up a little. Last one ends, I began to say when Kirsten cut me off abruptly. Don't you dare, she said sharply. And by the serious yet lively and playful look in her eyes, I believe that if I had finished that sentence, she would jump to her feet and run into the water with me, the last two lemmings plunging to our fate in the sea. I paused and let the sentence die on my lips, smiled wistfully at her, then let that smile fade as I turned back to look over the water, shimmering in the cool afternoon sun. I miss summer, I confessed. Half a minute passed before she replied. Today's not so bad either, she said. And then, in a wink, it wasn't so bad. It was kind of good, in fact, kind of marvelous and satisfying with a different type of warmth that smoldered inside rather than burning outwardly. And I felt happy all over again. Think happy thoughts. I haven't seen Kirsten for decades, and yet those words still haunt my memories think happy thoughts. Such simple advice, yet so infinitely wise and effective. As the intervening years have slid by, the summers and autumns and winters and springs, as the sun rose and fell across the sky, I wish I had remembered and applied her notebook's counsel more faithfully. If I had, I know things would have turned out even better. Don't let another precious day go to waste. 
consciously, doggedly, intentionally, cheerfully, gratefully, humbly, enthusiastically, undyingly think happy thoughts. When you do, you'll discover, as I did, that today is kind of marvelous after all. So there's the story before I introduce the controversy, because you may be thinking, what on earth can be controversial about that? Being positive, thinking happy thoughts? What could be wrong with it? Well, you're about to find out. But before we do that, let me tell you the homework, because, I mean, it's one thing to listen to this and think, yeah, good idea. I'll think happy thoughts. But it's another one to actually implement it in your life and apply it. So here's your homework for that, which we've designed to make it really easy for you, because Thinking happy thoughts all the time, that's a lot of work. So let's simplify it down with these three homework assignments. Number one, write down at least three happy thoughts that you can use over and over. It could be anything. In fact, I post this story on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash youoflife. And in the comments, I listed three sample happy thoughts to get you started. So here they are. Number one, today is kind of marvelous. And if you look for it, if you scan for that, you're almost guaranteed to find evidence that proves that, yeah, there is some great stuff going on out there in, in your world. Number two, <laughs> this one, I surprisingly only thought of this a few years ago. I'm a grown up, which means I can buy a donut anytime I want. You know, you probably have a lot more freedom than maybe occurs to you, like choosing your thoughts, buying a donut, going to vacation, climbing Machu Picchu. There's a lot of things you could do if you really decided to and set your mind to it. Big things, small things, whatever. And that's freedom. That's got to be a happy thought. Number three, I have awesome fingerprints and everything I touch becomes a little bit better. So homework number one, make up, you know, choose your three happy thoughts and then you'll use them here in step number two, assignment two. Think each one at least 10 or 20 times per day until they become habit. Your brain will accept anything that you put in there often enough. So write these down, think them, do your best by the way to feel them as well as just think the words because it's way more effective that way because the subconscious mind, it's language and emotion, those are its two main languages. So you wanna communicate it with it, you wanna persuade it, use that emotion. And then assignment number three, as soon as you notice those thoughts making a difference, as soon as you notice that they brighten your day a little bit, make you a little more hopeful and happy and motivated, then discuss one of those with somebody. This will increase your awareness of it, your appreciation of it, and spread the good ideas to people around you because if they get more positive as well, hey, it makes it a little easier for your world to turn out more pleasant. All right, let's talk about the controversy. And we've got it handily right here in the Facebook comments. Um, got a few comments here, a very nice one by Jennifer. Thanks, Jen, appreciate it. A contribution by Chris. And then we also have one by Alan, which shows the other side of this equation in which he says, la la land, and then puts a couple LOL emoticons there. Now, right below that Facebook you can click and it says see translation. And if you do that, it says, it changes it from La La Land to the land. And I like, I like the way that sounds like, this is the place you wanna live, right? Facebook apparently thinks it's La La Land is French, right? Ooh la la, what a great 
place to be. You can design that world. But I don't think that's what Alan intended. I think what he's saying is you're dreaming. This is maybe it's too touchy feely for him or something. And maybe he's part of the old paradigm, I'm going to call it, like before positive psychology came along and actually studied these things and found out what actually works, where happiness seems to depend, we believed it depended more on your situation. Everyone wants to be rich or famous or popular, or beautiful, attractive. And if they just had those things, a vacation, you know, eight hours of sleep in a night, then I'd be happy. Okay, there's some truth to that. As one of the videos in the Happiness Equation online course, uh, points out, I'm walking down the beach in Clearwater, Florida, beautiful beach. And we do a little experiment and find out that, yeah, sure enough, your environment, those external things, they certainly do, they can contribute to happiness. But that's only a small fraction compared to what's inside. So thank you, Martin Seligman, for a couple decades now of positive psychology, where we studied and realized that if you wait for outcomes to make you happy, it's likely not going to happen. You reach your goal, you push the goal further down the road. Whereas if you do these habits to make you happy and awesome now, then not only do your outcomes come better and you'll probably reach your goals faster and better, but you get to enjoy the rewards of them now. You don't have to wait and you can be positive even in, in difficult times. So there's the controversy and I'm obviously on one side. I think that's evident. Alan's a little bit on the other side. But you know what? That's not the whole story because there's also scientific evidence that supports Alan's point of view. So let me introduce John Gottman. You've probably heard his name, the Gottman Institute. Really insightful, extremely useful information, data about what makes relationships succeed or fail. This does not have to be a romantic relationship. It can be family, neighbors, friends, work, you know, teammates, whatever. And what one of the things he studied and found is that there is this kind of magic ratio of positive to negative. And if you match that ratio, if you meet it, then you're much more likely to have a more productive, satisfying, successful experience whenever you work with other people. And that ratio is one to five. So for every one negative that you throw out there, even if it's constructive criticism, if you'll add five positives into the mix and hopefully genuine ones, you know, then you're going to have that magic ratio that makes things work a lot better. So there's some more evidence for the fact that, hey, positive thinking, positive outlooks work. They change the outcomes. They shape your world. They make reality. But the same research, I didn't find this on Gottman's webpage just now, but I learned this years ago, says that you can take things too far. And there's a ratio where if you pass it, it stops working. And that ratio is one to 13. So if you have one negative and then more than 13 positives, people will begin to just brush that off as unrealistic. Have you seen the matrix, the first one where they say they create this fake world for people to kind of live in, but we all rejected it because it was too good. We just couldn't believe it. Well, that's kind of matches the situation. It just becomes you know, that's la la land. That's like unrealistic. Uh, you may know people like that. I know a couple who are just so positive and upbeat all the time that when they pay you a compliment, it probably doesn't sink in quite as deep as when other people say it because you're like, oh, you say that about everyone. Now, in this case, by the way, 
these friends are so loving, so sincere that they get away with a lot and you know they care, you know it's real. And so I'm not criticizing them all and I don't wish they would change, but I just want you to know the science of it so you can design your life and not maybe go overboard and make it less effective than it might otherwise be. So you see, we all have common ground with Alan on, on both sides. If you swing too far toward idealism, it gets unrealistic and ineffective. If you swing too far away from a growth mentality, away from taking responsibility for your thinking and the outcomes that it leads to, then you become stuck in wherever you happen to already be with little chance for significant improvement. And if that place isn't already ideal, to me, that suggests that your life could remain kind of blah. So let's give a name to that place as well. And I suggest blah, blah land. So your choice is which one, where do you want to live? La la land, blah, blah land, or possibly somewhere in between. And if you want to land somewhere in between, somewhere healthy and more positive, then just do your homework. List at least three happy thoughts, think them regularly, and discuss the results for some, with someone. By the way, today happens to be New Year's Eve, and I could wish you a happy new year, but I would rather show you a comic which shows you how to make it more than just a wish and how to make that wish come true. And for those of you listening and not watching on our YouTube channel, it reads, what do you think the new year will bring? I think it will bring flowers. What makes you think that? Because I'm planting flowers. So do your homework and plant some positive thoughts in your brain, water and nurture them until they take root and grow and produce fruit. That's exactly the sort of thing I'm talking about every time I sign off and tell you to live smart, live happy. And also, of course, remember to subscribe so you'll know when we post the next positive thought for you to consider. See you next year.